Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil, and this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 67. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. Our topic of the week is our Oscar results with two mini reviews by the losers of the Oscar bowling. Uh, they were also going to have a main review of the video game Sonic the Hedgehog, and at the very end of the uh, podcast, we're going to announce a another new segment. All new segments here lately, so it's a challenge one, and I think you guys will enjoy it as well. New year, new us, yeah. right? We're just trying out new things, whatever sticks. Uh, so without further ado, guys, let's get into what we've been watching. All right, it's been a minute since we've done this segment again, so let's put things back to basics and start with the bill. What have you been watching? Well, I've been called upon to show up to plate. I don't, I don't know if uh, you guys are surprised or not, but I've been watching British shows again. Mm, yes, get out of town. I know, crazy. It's not <laughs> like me at all. This is uh, what I was expecting. <laughs> there's a show on Netflix called Dairy Girls. It's the about the personal exploits. <laughs> hold on, hold on, Jay, uh, Nabil. Um, before you continue, I'm gonna go take a shit while you talk about this. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm just not, not sure Marco didn't want to listen, but okay. Seems a little over the top. Okay, we're getting off to a good start here. The, the personal exploits of a 16-year-old girl and her family and friends during the troubles in the early 1990s, set during the IRA bombings. Um, and so basically it's a comedy it's about 23 to 25 minutes long each episode about six episodes per season and there's only two seasons so far coming up with a new one uh, for this year Mm, and it's it is about these high school equivalent girls probably in like uh, freshman or sophomore year and they're in this really small town called Derry that's on the border of northern ireland and ireland um set in the 90s where there's if if you know anything about uh, the history of Ireland during that time, there were a lot of uh, riots and, and bombings because of the whole Catholicism and Protestants going at each other and wanting independence from each other. So, I've seen Patriot Games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically. <laughs> but it's set in the backdrop of that. These girls are trying to live their life, and they try to do crazy things to, to get their way. Like, for example, there's an episode where they're trying to go see a concert, and their parents tell them no because there's a polar bear that escaped from the zoo and apparently might maul them or something and so they decide to find their way to go to uh this concert and end up hitchhiking and ended up meeting gypsies on the street and getting themselves into a lot of trouble um on the way i can't say too much without really like spoiling the show but it's i've every every second that i watched it i was laughing i thought it was hilarious the whole time i think maybe i, I found it too funny um, is, it, is it is it a drama at all? Because that's no, kind no, of no. Some pretty it's set heavy... in the backdrop of, okay. of serious stuff. But you're really just watching the lives of, the, of these girls in school. And so every once in a while, there'll be a scene where they're talking about the bombings in like a newscast or something like that. Or uh, one of the episodes, oh, okay. they're going to a rally about some parade that's happening. Like this family's trying to go on vacation out into the countryside. Mm-hmm. And there's a big protest going on that's scheduled and planned. And so they're told to avoid 
going into the, you know, where the roads are going to be closed because you're going to get trapped in these protests. But they have their grandfather there and he wants to he wants to drive and he's you knows the shortest route supposedly so he does drive and gets some stuck in the middle of this protest and so a bunch of protesters are basically like attacking their cars and shaking it and trying to scare them and rile things up and it's kind of set in a com- comedic way though that you find out it's funny because he was being stubborn but at the same time you know they're in a serious situation and something can happen to them so, so kind of like jojo rabbit where there's like serious stuff in the background but there's all comedy and uh up yeah kind of like that uh, something okay. similar to that yeah hmm, okay uh, I would say that it's not a show that uh, you guys probably would appreciate, <laughs> but for anybody that does like uh, British comedies at all, I think that you'd you'd get a kick out of it. Like, don't assume, sir. Don't assume. <laughs> I, I like that, you pol- that polar bear stuff. Got my attention. So, <laughs> um, and the other show that I've been watching is also on Netflix. I finally got the chance to see Living with Yourself. That's the Paul Rudd show. Um, starring Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. It's an existential comedy about a man struggling in life who undergoes a new treatment to become a better person, only to find that he's been replaced by a new and improved version of himself. And it, I saw one, it's one season. I think it's about eight episodes. Um, also very short. It's about 30 minutes long, each one. And I, I really wasn't a fan of it. I thought I'd like it, seeing Paul Rudd on... Uh, yeah, I've heard, mixed, kind of I've heard mixed things about this one. Yeah, it's not it's not very funny. I mean, Paul Rudd tries to be a little funny, so it's not like a super serious comedy. It, it is more of a dark comedy, but I think too, this is like the whole premise. It's it's with him and his wife and the clone, and they're and they're trying to live each other's lives. Like the original Paul Rudd character is trying to pursue some things that he hadn't gotten the chance to do, but he also misses living his real life. Um, while the other person is just trying to find meaning in his in his life and uh doesn't really know which you know if he should be living the the life of the original person or live his own life and so it it held a long time off watching this because i really wasn't sure and then i really kind of regret watching it because i i did not really enjoy it much and probably won't watch it if they get renewed for a second season oh wow does it hint that there's gonna be a second season it's not just a one-off yeah i mean they leave it open it's definitely open to doing another scene if they want the way they end it Hmm, um, okay. And there's some of the banter between, you know, himself, essentially, um, is funny in some instances. But the general the general plot, I feel like it's just it's it's more serious and comedy in a sense that they want to be funny. But it's you're ta- but it's portrayed just way too serious. Mm, okay. so, so it's a little darker than from than I think it wanted to be or realized it was trying to be. I mean, it seems like a pretty interesting plot and story, right. but. Nothing really captured me from the trailer, so I never really thought to give it much thought or a chance. So, yeah, and I mean, you're not, you're not really selling me on this yeah. one. I wouldn't. Re- I don't recommend it myself. But you know, that's what I've been watching. Some a little different TV shows going on. Um, what about you, Marco? What have you been up to for the last couple of weeks? Been watching a few things here and there. I finished the Netflix original BoJack Horseman. The animated TV show that stars Will Arnett and Aaron Paul, as well as Allison Brie, mentioned this show quite a few times on the pod. So I'm not going to go ahead and give you the entire plot again, but basically it's the um, series finale of the show. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you that this is definitely one of my top favorite shows. It was an incredible finale, it was quite a journey. The story arcs they give all the characters from BoJack Horseman to Todd Chavez, who's played by Aaron Paul, uh, Dan Nguyen, played by Alison Brie, 
from where they start at the beginning of the show to where they end is just amazing. It You'd never thought that you would get this type of caliber of a show from an animated TV series, but they did a, an incredible job. Uh, it's it, the it's very cathartic for the character of, of Bojack, who is a very damaged character. He goes through so many phases throughout the show, struggling with you know depression, substance abuse. Um, some of the other characters are dealing with their own issues and stuff. And for the show to answer all those issues and give them an actual like well-deserved conclusion, I think is a phenomenal job. I highly recommend it if you are a fan of uh, adult cartoons and of witty comedy. Uh, Will Arnett just kills it as the the titular character, Bojack Horseman. He's this character that, like I said, he's damaged. You struggle with liking him and also with like thinking he is this huge piece of shit. Every time there is some sort of action that he does that you you think will will turn him around and and actually make him a likable character at the very next instant he does something very despicable you're just like fuck man this guy just he just can't stop but ultimately i think that the conclusion and i'm trying to keep it from spoiling anything but i think that the conclusion from all the consequences that bojack has to face was was just great because something big happens in season three or four where he does something like extremely horrible and they kind of ignore it on purpose and sort of subtly bring it up uh every once in a while in these episodes and it's finally catching up to him and he finally has to face this and everybody is now going to be aware of what it is that he did and just the way that they handle the situation i think it's great it's very realistic it's not a hollywood ending and it really leaves you at the end kind of thinking as far as damn like where is this character going to go from here? You know, the voice acting is great. The guest stars are amazing. Uh, the animation is awesome too. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Each episode is only about half an hour long, so it's very easy to binge. There's only six seasons, uh, and each season's about about 12, 13 episodes long. If you're a huge fan of uh, this type of comedy, or if you're a fan of Will Arnett or Aaron Paul uh, or Allison Brie, um, then I highly recommend the show. It's one of my favorites. Uh, aside from that, I also have been watching the CBS Access show Star Trek Picard, which is the sequel series to Star Trek The Next Generation, as well as some of the Star Trek uh, motion picture films, specifically Generations and uh, Nemesis. Um, I think they totally skip Insurrection because I think that's the shittiest one of all the movies in the series. But, you know, that's I mean, I haven't seen it, so... Uh, but basically, it's uh, still canon, sir. <laughs> it's still canon. I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that they reference some something, some things from that movie, but I wouldn't really know. I don't I'd think have Star Trek's ever removed it. anything from canon. Actually, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, so the show starts. Uh, starts. It stars uh, Patrick Stewart as the titular character, Jean Luc Picard, Captain Picard, and it's roughly about. 20 years after the last movie, which was Nemesis. And the show has a retired Captain Picard who's uh, dealing with some of the issues he's had with uh, Starfleet. There's some flashbacks that explain some of that. And you see that the this show, as well as Star Trek Discovery, kind of 
blend in the J.J. Abrams universe, or at least the first movie and all the events that happen there. Spoilers ahead for this movie, but apparently the Romulan Empire falls apart because uh, their star goes supernova and Spock tries to stop it, but he fails. Well, Picard becomes part of the relief from Starfleet and also from the um, Federation to help the refugees from the Romulan Empire find a new world and uh, supply relief. But it's very unpopular amongst the Federation because they were one of the long-standing enemies. Something happens a few years after that, and Mars is attacked by androids that are based off of the character Data. They're kind of like new models of of that character, and I got I got to say, as a person the not in Star Trek, this shit sounds wild as fuck. Yeah, no idea it, what dude, you're talking they, about. They encompass, These are just words to me. Yeah, they <laughs> encompass like plot points from like. Yeah, all the history like, from the, from the TV cool, series. Man. I was like, oh my god, they were fucking detailed <laughs> as fuck with this. Yeah. So basically, they attack Mars, and that causes Starfleet to pull back their resources from helping the Romulans. Picard gets pissed off. He goes to Starfleet and also to the Federation and says, either you help me help these people, or I resign right now. And they're like, sign right here, and we'll take a resignation. So mm-hmm. he retires. So now it's 10 years later after that incident. And some shit happens with the Romulans again. It's a little kind of confusing as far as where the Romulans are right now. Part of them are off in space doing a weird experiment. And some of them are on Earth here as refugees as well. They're, they don't really explain what the status of their government is. It's, it's kind of like everyone's in disarray and there are different factions of them everywhere. But essentially, some of them here on Earth attack a young girl, and it turns out that she's an android as well, too, which is weird because androids now at this point are banned and are not allowed in, within the Federation. So everyone's wondering where she came from and what this mystery is. So now Picard's off in space trying to figure out <clears throat> what's going on and why it connects to his friend Data. So yeah, that's the plot in a nutshell. Uh, and Bill pretty- just sent me the gif of uh, Charlie Day from uh, Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's got the board and he's smoking the cigarette. And I mean, it's it's, it's an overly it complicated plot. Interesting to me. I, I do I like the Next Generation um, series, so it all does sound very interesting, and I am following along. But it does seem like well, it's only been like two episodes, right? So it seems like a lot of plot they found in there. Is it four? It's been four episodes, yeah. So, and they're about like an hour, hour ten minutes each. So. Plenty of story for them to fit into those episodes, but I think that's that's probably one of the main things holding it back is there is a lot of plot. It's very interesting, but not a lot happens in each episode. I think the first two episodes flow the best right now. Episodes three and four had me kind of like going like, all right, where are you guys going with this? And it's a very different format of storytelling than the previous incarnations of Star Trek where the other shows are more episodic, so they're more self-contained per episode. Whereas this one's a long, like a long-term arc that's going all the way to the end of the season, a different way of storytelling, and I, I'm finding some issues adjusting to that because while Star Trek: Deep Space Nine kind of did that, they still had episodes in between where characters had arcs within those episodes that carried on all the way to the season finale, and this in this type of storytelling it's like the writers are having trouble balancing those two and hopefully they are able to flesh that out towards the end of the season or at least by the next season because otherwise they they may lose some fan base i'm liking it but i'm not loving it so to speak if you're a hard if you're a diehard star trek fan i recommend the show even if you're a casual fan it's still interesting but 
if you've missed out on a lot, which I have, I haven't seen the last two movies. I didn't finish Star Trek Voyager, which they make a lot of references to. Then some of the plot points are probably going to go over your head and you're probably gonna have to like do some reading online in order to keep up. But yeah. What about you, James? What have you been watching? I'm, uh, I mean, I don't even want to go anymore after hearing that. So I'm like, <laughs> nothing sounds as good as that now. I'm like, um, I mean, even as I was I talking guess? about it, I was like, man, movies? this show needs some work. I was just going to be like, Marco, just cut it off, bro. Did you like it or not? That's all we need to know. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of movies, actually, for the last couple of weeks. Really random ones, I guess, but I, movies that I've been wanting to see for a while. Um, so, Mikey, Marco, and I went and saw, I mean, I guess it's called Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey now. But when we saw it, it was called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Meditation of uh, One Harley Quinn. So, every time I mention that, I'm going to say the entire title. So, uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, I thought it was pretty good, to tell you the truth. Uh, it's about Harley Quinn, and it's kind of an origin story of the Birds of Prey, and um, I mean, that's really all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say I was pleasantly surprised by this movie, too, because yeah. the marketing absolutely sucked. Terrible, yeah. And I will say that for the most part, I really did like Ewan McGregor's uh, portrayal of uh, Roman Sionis, who, aka Black Mask, and I think it has a really good mixture throughout the movie of action and plot. And while it's a pretty symbolized story and it's kind of, you know, it's mostly just a Harley Quinn movie deep down inside. Yeah. I think Margot Robbie kind of encapsulates his character. And I, you know, she's going to be in the new Suicide Squad again too. So I guess that helps out. But it's one of those things too where from her character arc from Suicide Squad, the 2016 one? I want to say that's 17? about right. 16, 17, yeah. one of the two. She's easily one of the better characters out of that. So 2016, by the way. So, and I enjoyed her in this one even more, even though, like Mark had said, I think the advertisements for this movie looked absolutely terrible. Yeah. So she can she could have easily carried this movie on her own. I don't think it needed that many supporting characters. No, so but and, but which is nice though are the supporting characters. Uh, I really did like them though. Yeah. Like you get uh, uh, Dinah Lance, who's you know uh, Black, Black Canary. Man. I liked even the bad guy, Victor Zaz, plays by Chris Messina, who's really good too. And I think he works really well off of the whole black mask, like as his right hand guy. And yeah. he's so crazy too. It's really cool. There's a they lot of good job at making scenes. those guys creepy. Yeah, there's a lot of good scenes in this movie. And as much, I, I mean, I liked Mary Elizabeth Winstead as a huntress, but we don't get too much of her until the very end of the movie. But I liked how awkward she was. Yeah. And then, like I said, the only one that I think was really miscast was Rosie Perez as a. Renee Montoya. Which they, so, they sort of explain in the movie. They kind of do, but I mean, it, but if they really want to like, do some future ones, I'm like, yo, you got to start. Should have been like 10, 15 years younger, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's just me, though. But for the most part, I think uh, it, it is rated R, so I, I don't think this is for kids, especially. It's it's really just the language, I think. And there are some pretty gruesome scenes, actually, now that I think about it. They do cut yeah. someone's face off at one point. If that sounds good, I mean, check it out. That's a Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, so... You know. I love how you said the full yeah. fucking title. I'll say it every time. <laughs> I mean, I'm using that title too, because I mean, that's that's what if it they was. They don't want it to build, and they shouldn't have fucking called it that, right? Well, they but actually yeah. changed the title officially during the release of the film to Harley mm-hmm. Quinn: Birds of Prey, because I guess well, unless the uh, unless it. the title card when the movie starts changes that, that's just Fandango to me, baby. <laughs> no, it 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 hasn't, because no, I just recently saw thing. my niece, and they show the full title. Yeah, yeah. same still so. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one. It's a fun movie. It's not. It's not. Uh, turn your head off for a little bit. I think it's one of the better DC films too. So I also saw a movie called Freaks. Uh, this is a 2018 film that is was it. It's an indie kind of sci-fi mystery in a way. 
And I don't want to reveal the plot the whole way here because it would ruin the entire movie. But it stars a little girl named Chloe, who played by Alexi Kolker. So she lives in a house with her dad, played by Emil Hirsch. And Emil Hirsch's character, they literally don't have a name for him. It's just dad or whatever. And he basically is, they're, they're, they're in like a seemingly abandoned house, and he doesn't want her to leave the house. And you don't quite know if maybe he's not all there or... He kind of has some conspiracy theories of what's going on. And I'm not really trying to... Like, once again, I'm being super vague. Because there's it. a huge fucking twist to this movie, and it's really good. Um, he has a name. That's I the will, twist. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I will say, too, like, Bruce Dern's in the movie, too. He stars as this guy named Mr. Snowcone, but, you know, once again, not, not really his real name. There's a lot of, like, moments where, basically, you kind of... I mean, without revealing too much here, Chloe is, like, a really special person... That's all I'll say. I gotta be so vague. Like Frosty the Snowman? Special, no, or? she's really like... Okay. <laughs> I would say this is very similar to like James a... James um, what I'm like an X-Men movie, if that makes sense. And that's oh. already said too much. Okay. okay. And I really like that aspect of it because it's really well done. It has really good moments in this movie where Chloe kind of realizes her own powers and... Maybe her dad isn't as crazy as you think, and there's other people like Chloe, and I'll leave it at that for the most part. It's one of those movies where where it ends, I really was like, man, I kind of wish there was more to this movie, or like a sequel or something to kind of explore the world a little bit more. And a lot of twists in this movie, a lot of kind of creepy factors in it, because at first you don't quite know like who to trust in it too, and I think it does a good job of kind of putting the viewer at unease, kind of like, man, is this like what's really going on, or is like... It's Chloe living in like a fucking like fucked up like abandoned house with some random dude. So, so you'd recommend it? Yeah, it's called Freaks, and I think it's you know obviously it's one of those movies that a lot of people probably did not catch. It 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 technically came out twenty eighteen, but it didn't come out till twenty nineteen really, out here in the United States. It was like in, in uh, film festivals and stuff. But and uh, I'm sorry, you rented it or you I rented it? it. Yeah, it was okay. a ninety nine cent rental on uh, iTunes actually. Nice. So it was one of those movies that was like, it looks interesting. So and it had like eighty six percent of Rotten Tomatoes. So you know me, I'm a slave to those tomatoes. So <laughs> I want the ketchup. Yeah, I just want the ketchup on it, bro. So I jumped into that, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was one of those little films that, I, like I said, I knew nothing about going in. I didn't even watch a trailer. And and truthfully, and Nabil knows this too. I like Emil Hirsch a lot. So yeah. it's just kind of cool to see him in a movie again. <laughs> I agree. Even though, I mean, I think a lot of times he's in those movies that are kind of like random, I guess. For instance, my last film that I watched was a movie from 2016 called The Autopsy of Jane Doe that also stars Emil Hirsch. I saw a lot of Emil Hirsch movies in the last wow. two and a half weeks, guys. Did you watch Alpha Dog 2 while you're at it? Yeah, I should have, right? Speed Racer? Uh, this movie was really good, actually, guys. I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's actually streaming on Netflix right now, but uh, it actually did get a release. It's a really, like, small film, too. It's about a mortician named Tommy, played by Brian Cox. And uh, his son is named Austin, who's helping him out, played by Emil Hirsch. And one night, basically, the sheriff brings in, like, a body that they found buried in the basement of some house that uh, where they found, like, a huge murder scene happen. Like, the whole family's dead. But they found a body down there. And basically, Tommy and Austin, throughout the night, they, they decide to stay because the sheriff's like, I need to know, like... How do how, who's his body? Like it just shows up. There's no markings on her. She looks. She appears to be almost like freshly dead, even though they had told her like the house had been abandoned for weeks. So throughout the night, some you know it's a horror film. Some shit starts going down, and I think it's really smart the way that the movie's played out. 
I really like the relationship between Tommy and Austin, the father and uh, son dynamic, is really good because I Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch are two really good actors, nice. and just just that alone helps. I think that helps horror movies a lot when you have two leads that you actually care about. Because generally, by the end of the film, you're kind of like, man, I hope these guys make it out, you know? Yeah. And let's well, let's face it, a mortician's job is pretty fucking creepy. I mean, you're dealing with the dead all day long. I mean, yeah, they're anything, prepping. It's, it's kind of they're a prepping bodies up. Uh, this one does not hide away from any of the gore, too. They literally show you like breaking open rib cages to get into the organs, pulling out uh, guts and hearts and all this shit. And it's like, oh man. So, yeah, that's the autopsy of Jane Doe. It came out about four years ago. It's on Netflix. It was kind of a little hidden gem too. So I'll check that out. Something I really enjoyed. So, uh, but that's really it. That's about all I've been watching. All right, guys. So let's go now into our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So, Nabil and Marco, Oscars are done. We had our little Oscar bowling as well. Uh, before we get into that, though, I do want to just ask you guys: any anything you liked about it? Anything you didn't like about it, Mark? Uh, actually, you know, let's start with Nabil. You know, I actually liked this uh, Oscar season uh, this year. They. You know, there was some controversy about the Oscars so white again and then not having a lot of female nominees. But I think that the film selection was really good overall. I mean, we saw, I mean, I saw quite a bit of them, more than I think I've ever seen. I think I've only missed maybe two. Um, you did good. Yeah. You did good. Yeah. So You both did. You both did. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. I really uh, enjoyed the Oscars presentation itself this year. I was, I don't know. I felt more captivated with it than usual. I know they didn't do the host again, but I really liked the musical numbers that they played. And, you know, obviously the surprises in there that, that came up with, um, Eminem and that was cool. And also I really enjoyed the, just the whole host idea without, without the host. I think it worked well without the host. And they had, well, I thought it was kind of weird. They had people introducing, the presenters that I did not like that. It. I thought that was weird. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. Fun. That was just kind of stupid. Like, hey, Kelly Marie Tran, sorry once again. All you're doing is ho- uh, <laughs> kind of, announcing kind someone. Kind of like a uh, like a trailer for a trailer. Yeah, basically. Yeah, the teaser, like the, te- the, teaser, the teaser that you guys always get pissed off about. Like, yeah. oh, now we have trailers for trailers, huh? <laughs> but uh, okay. I enjoyed it. I like this Oscar season um, overall, and and the presentation. Uh, what about you, Marco? I mean, it, it wasn't perfect. Uh, hopefully, one day it, it will. You know, get there like what Nabil was saying, where some people got snubbed, and yeah, you know, like I said, it's still a work in progress. I mean, they've definitely improved from the past few years, so and, and it shows. So slowly but surely, we'll get there. Uh, I agree with the surprises. Uh, Eminem, I think, was one of which a lot of people surprises. had an issue with, but I'm like, I don't think you guys understand the why he's here. But right. yeah, it's like because yeah. he declined it the first time when he did Eight Mile, he was asked to present. He didn't think he was going to win. That's why. Right. So he's like, yeah, and then not to present, but to perform, and he declined it, and he regretted not performing. So obviously, when he was asked this time, he said yes, and the crowd seemed to have loved it. I thought it was great. So a couple of them were quite shocked. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because it w- it was out of nowhere. It was Stacey a was legitimate like, surprise. Motherfucking spitting. The uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that meme. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get it up. He's like, my god. That's tr- that's, you want to get me to laugh? Just send me a shit that's ton of Jason Bourne. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I'll let Marco get his laughs out. <laughs> 
Oh shit! Oh, I can't stop thinking about it now. Uh, okay. Uh, I, mean, I parasite thought... one. That's cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That that was a major surprise. Parasite taking four Oscars surprised the shit out of me because I expected to get snuck. Parasite winning best uh, picture, uh, uh, best director too, just nailed that the coffin for the bill. Yeah, that's what actually surprised me. I was very surprised that Bong Joon Ho won um, best Oscar. Very well, best for, director, very good, but still. Yeah, he. I mean, the movie deserved it. For once, the Oscars not being racist is what killed me this year. <laughs> and I mean, they chose the the better, the best film out of that yeah, list too, the sure. one that we wanted to win. So that yeah. I think that's a shock too. Yeah. I think truthfully though, they do need to get a host back because the reviews these, the viewing of these things are going down and down. I think they need to get someone back. And I think that if they did Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph together to host it, I think we'd be fine. No, those two are beyond <laughs> fucking oh, annoying. Man. I mean, I, dude, all they need to do is get Kevin Hart's ass up there, bro, and they would have so much people calling it. He's like, wow. Well, no, well, I mean, but that's what I mean. They have to get someone that you would never think would ever do it again, yeah. and then people would start watching this shit again. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a double-edged sword because at the same time, like, if something happens and that person accidentally says something stupid or some shit like that, and then they're like, oh, well, you can't host it, the the not having the host part saves them from that trouble because then they're like, well, we didn't have one to begin yeah, with. Yeah, but I, th- I mean, truthfully, the last two years have been the worst two years they've ever had. They need to get a host back. Like, it's I mean, got to happen. Next year has to have a host. And I guarantee you, I, I'd almost put money that there will be a host next year. Yeah. As long as, long as they keep giving, you know, the right movies, the, the awards, then. Right. Yeah. No, no. And I, I mean, I'm looking forward. Let's so. just see what happens this year, but, too. Uh, you know? Yeah. I, I, did, I didn't like the. The cast uh, thing was like stupid as fuck, The host too. presenting yeah. the host. You know, the, the pre-host. Yeah. Host, presenting host is just because they're like, hey, we have hella famous people. Can we just use them? Yeah. I was, I was We have to fill in Kelly Marie Tran somewhere. But Sorry. overall, she's the, the one that always gets the short end of the stick, guys. <laughs> overall, some of the results were pleasantly surprising. So, seriously, yeah, that I, fucking sound editing, huh? What's that? Sound editing. Oh god, sons of bitches, dude! I got I got robbed on so many of those categories. It's like that's fuck, the one man. that almost ruined me, guys. Right when they didn't give it to, I was like, oh okay. I was like, I didn't know wow. the Oscars was going to be that woke this year, but okay. <laughs> so. Ford v Ferrari. I was like, damn, is that good for them? Yeah. I no, I I was. Yeah, me too, but I was like, I put too much points into that. Yeah. So, uh, regardless, I mean, Wiggs, yeah, regardless with all it too, I mean, I, I agree with Marco. Like, it's it's it, it's slowly getting back. I feel like they had to do like a, it's almost like the economy. It has to like a dive at first and come back strong, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, Oscar bowling, guys, I took the win only by two points. Uh, Nabu was second, Mark was third. If you guys want to see the scores on it, check out our Instagram. We posted the uh, results in there too. It was close. Poked the dagger in a little It dagger. was very close. And I got to say, I was really worried at first. I had already told you guys that I didn't have a good feeling about this one because there's too much at stake with the higher-end ones, like director and picture. I was like, man, this could go any way, man. But I was pleasantly surprised. I Can't thought director think. was surely going to go to like Sam Mendes. So oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. We Fucking all three 20 had it. Point, 20 points of that fucker. I was <laughs> but like, oh, Nabil oh, did 19. Oh. As soon as that happened, I, I, I already won. It didn't matter what the best picture was. I was like, I won. Yeah. Had, nana, had I nana, gotten... Nana, no. If I would have gone director and best picture, I would have gone at least second place. But it would have been close. I mean, you you were still really all pretty close though this year. It wasn't like a huge blowout. Yeah, it was just it, it was hard to really tell this year whether or not the Oscars were gonna you know snub people or not. So yeah. So with that, because I won, I assigned movies to Marco and Nabil, and they actually don't know what e- each of them actually got. So I'm still not gonna reveal it yet until I tell you the title i'm gonna read stuff out for you guys well we're gonna start they're gonna do two little mini reviews here guys so uh we're gonna start with marco's movie uh before we start nabil do you have a clue of maybe what i chose 
For Marco? Know. No, not a, not even a clue. Oh, okay, because truly I should have gave you this one. <laughs> okay. Since you loved, uh, apparently you loved uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so much. I did. Should have probably gave you this one. Yeah. <laughs> so for Marco, his Oscar movie, I guess because his Oscar bowling movie to review is The Haunting of Sharon Tate. <laughs> Including actress Sharon Tate, were found dead. I was like I was caught in something that I had no control over. I had absolutely no say so as to what was happening there. I was just like a tool in the hands of the devil. It's the only way I can put it. So, The Haunting of Sharon Tate came out in 2019. Here's the IMDb description. Pregnant with director Roman Polanski's child and awaiting his return from Europe, 26-year-old Hollywood actress Sharon Tate becomes plagued by visions of her imminent death. This is directed by Daniel Ferrance. He did The Amityville Murders in 2018 and The Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson in 2019. Those are some solid films. This stars Hilary Duff as Sharon Tate, Jonathan Binet as Jason Ring, Lydia Hurst as Abigail Folger, uh, Powell Saja as Wolchik Frykowski, and Ryan Cargill as Stephen Parent. So, Marco, what did you think about this movie? This movie fucking sucked. <laughs> this movie was fucking horrible. Like, 10 okay. minutes into this movie, I'm like, I want to gouge my eyes out right now. I, uh, just so you know, I haven't seen this movie, so. Uh, it, man, it was bad, dude. Was there any redeeming qualities of the movie at all? Some of the cinematography, there were some panoramic shots of the Los Angeles skyline. Those were my favorite parts. <laughs> the stock footage? Yeah, that was, that was about it. Everything else about it was just horrible. Was it a scary film at all? No. It's supposed to be horror, right? I mean, yeah. It it looked like a student film, dude. It was that bad, huh? Yeah. It looked like a fucking high-budget student film. Like, some fucking, you know, trust fund kid put some money into this shit. And he was like, all right, I'm going to be a film director. How long was the movie again? It was an hour and 30 minutes. Fun <laughs> fact. It's not even that long. Fun enough. fact. Yeah. They actually had to do many scenes in slow motion in order to reach like feature film length. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So some scenes like... So the, the basis of the, the, the entire movie is Sharon Tate is having these visions of her and her friends getting murdered. And apparently this is based upon... A real interview with Sharon Tate a year before she was murdered in which she talks about that uh, a nightmare she had where her and a friend were tied down with a noose around each other's neck and they all have their throats slashed. Jesus, I mean, that is pretty so, creepy. Yeah, so they're saying that she first saw her murder and I'm like, or the Manson family saw that fucking interview and that's how they got the idea for the murder because it's not like they didn't watch TV. I mean, Charles Manson wanted to be a fucking musician for Christ's sake and, yeah. you know, it's like come on, let's let's not let's not go that way. Anyway. Jeez. Okay. I don't well, I just uh, I, I don't So I don't you wouldn't recommend this to anyone. No, unless <laughs> uh, unless you're drunk, which I had to crush a couple of glasses of whiskey in order to get through this one. <laughs> it it was just bad. Hillary Duff can't act to save her life. I truthfully haven't seen her act in anything since Liz McGuire. Liz so. McGuire, There's a yeah. New Liz McGuire um, coming out, so yeah. we'll find out. Well, well it's, it's in hiatus right now. To it, it was bad. Uh, guy who played Jason Bring, Jonathan Bennett, horrible, 
horrible actor. I don't think I've even heard of any the guy, of the actors. The guy sounds like a fucking porn star. I'm like, all right, is this <laughs> what kind of movie is this? Because this is this going the way I think it's going? I'm like, no, it's just shitty. Oh, okay. Everyone else was just really poor performances, man. Okay. Acro- across the board, like not one actor had a redeeming factor to him. Uh, Hillary Duff was just overcompensating i think she was just so she's not as good as margot robbie fuck no margot robbie had like a fraction of the screen time that hillary duff did (laughs) and did a way better job even with all the shots of the feet this was just bad yeah the editing was bad too some of the uh the overdubbing like what's it called like adr when the actors come back and re-record, yeah, 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 something like that. Some of that was just bad. Like it's, it's just, really obvious it's too. just not dubbed correctly. I'm like, oh, that's a little too loud for that scene, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the editing is really bad too. I'm just like, oh wow, this looks like an unfinished product. Yeah, I can't recommend this one. <laughs> Why do you think I chose this movie? To prove a point. Well, it's to prove a point. What do you mean? It was to prove that not every shitty movie can be enjoyed. Yep. Uh, and you are, I stand corrected. Though I will say that if you do have some drinks in you, it is a fun time. And I was trashing the movie the entire time. I was just like saying shit and just riffing the entire movie. And it made it a little bit more enjoyable. Not as enjoyable as Six Underground, but, you know, made it a little bit tolerable. So, yeah. Yeah, po- I mean, I, noted, I chose it. Um, both of your guys' movies I chose off the Razzies. That's why they got nominated, both the films. And I think I've been really nice for the last two years. I've just always I, I tend to just give you guys movies that I've always wanted you guys to watch to begin with. And it's just my excuse to be like, now you gotta now I'm forcing you to watch it, you know? I can't uh, I can't remember what you gave me last year. I'm trying to think. I mean actually I gave you Fantastic Four one year, didn't I? Oh yeah. Was that, was that last year? Shit. And then I think I gave you I gave you something else. But I think they were all like decent. You, movies. you know what? I liked Fantastic Four better. Oh, I mean, I get. I mean, I, the, I haven't seen these. All the ones I've ever given you guys, I've seen actually. So I'm like, I know this is shitty. These ones, though, I was like, I'm gonna go on a whim. <laughs> it was a struggle to get through this one. I was like, man, I still have an hour to go, huh? Okay. Oh, one of those. Like, yeah. 25 minutes in, you're like, holy shit, there's still an hour. Yeah. All right. So I mean, that was it. That was your punish, quote unquote, punishment. It was a good pick for punishment. Okay. It's supposed to be shitty, that. but I don't think it's as shitty as Nabil's. Because oh, Nabil's, man. I've seen on lists of like worst movies ever made. So without further ado. Wait, before we start, too, do you know, do you have any hint of maybe what Nabil has? Uh, no, none at all. Okay. Uh, I, uh, garbage Pill Kids? <laughs> <laughs> no, everything, by the way, was from last year, too. I didn't choose any no- old films. Uh, oh, um. Yeah. Go. Shit. Oh, no. It's fine. All right. So, Nabil's Oscar bowling film is 2019's The Fanatic. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Dunbar. Is Hunter Dunbar here tonight? That's enough. I need to get an autograph. Don't let him do this to me. I'm a fan. I'm a number one fan. Is it difficult to find famous people's houses? I use my star map app. You have to be careful. I don't want you to be accused of stalking. Hey, you can't just come to my private residence looking for me. Listen, pal, I don't know how you found me, but I don't ever want to see you in this neighborhood again. This movie is about a rabid, a rabid film fan stalks his favorite action hero and destroys the star's life. This is directed by Limp Biscuit's own Fred Durst, <laughs> who did The Education of Charlie Banks. By the way, <laughs> that's a good movie, by the way. I will say that much. <laughs> Just to let you know, though, Education of Charlie Banks is good, and The Long Shots, which stars Ice Cube in 2008. <laughs> 
So, this stars John Travolta, and his character's name is Moose. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to get through this, but Marco's uh, definitely more entertained than than Nabil even remotely is. Three dollar bill, y'all. So this also stars Devon Sawa as Hunter Dunbar, Anna Golja as Leah. Or Leah, uh, Jacob Grodnick as Todd, and James Paxton as Slim. So, Nabil, what did you think about this movie? You know, actually, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Oh, shit. Holy shit, Nabil. No, I'm fucking bullshitting I... you. Oh. I fucking hate this film. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, shit. I was like, damn. He said, did he really I like it? the movie. I was done. <laughs> this I was like, damn, shit. did he really like it? This was a bad oh. film. There, I mean... Rightfully so. Ra- uh, nominated for four Razzies. Was it worst actor, worst it's picture, also, worst director? I, from what I've heard, it's possibly like one of the worst movies yeah. uh, out ever. Like top five oh, kind of shit. It is. It is a bad. Like, look, I've seen John Travolta do some bad movies. Okay, he's he's he's. We've all seen Battlefield Earth. Yeah. we've all seen Battlefield Earth. But he is trying to play somebody who has some kind of disability. I don't really tell you what it is. But that's kind of fucked up, right? Yeah, they don't really tell you what it is. But and I won't say that Travolta does it like in a in a bad sense of like making fun or anything. I think he really is giving it his all. I'm not saying he's like terrible as a character. It's just maybe he was like, I need to really go fully into this character. I know he um, I had actually seen an interview with him talking about this one before. And he has a very unique haircut. And he even said that he dude, it looks bad. Have you seen the haircut, Marco? No, yeah, about to show Marco. It's basically he's got a full beard and he would have a full head of hair, um, but then he trims everything down and just shaves off the sideburns for some reason. Um, but wait, he chose fuck? that look? Yeah, he he thought that would be the most apt look for the character. That okay? Yeah. <laughs> did yeah? Look, did, yeah hold did, on, hold uh, on. I'm gonna show Marco real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah. So now now you all know. Uh, <laughs> Is this like the movie The Fan, dude? The one with Robert De Niro and Rosie Snipes where he's dude. kind of obsessed with the baseball player or whatever? I, I mean, it's in the spirit of that film. And he, so okay. what it is is basically Travolta's character, Moose, he is a guy <laughs> who like, loves films and he's an autograph collector and co- oh collects uh, memorabilia. Yeah. But um, his favorite actor of all time is this actor, Hunter Dunbar, who is played by Devin Sawa. And if you don't remember him, he was a big heartthrob in the 2000s and late ni- uh, 90s films. So he was always... Uh, Dude, he's the guy... He's the guy from... Um, what's that horror film? Final uh, Destination. Final Destination. Yeah, yeah he's he also an SLC punk. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's and, cool. And, you know, so he's kind of playing himself, I would say, almost <laughs> to an extent is he? Now. Okay. Um, but uh, Travolta's trying to get... Moose, I should say, he's trying to get this autograph and... By circumstance, each time he's trying to get this autograph from um, Hunter Dunbar, something happens that Hunter is not able to give him the autograph. And so he f- figures out how to get to his house where he lives and is going there in person to get the autograph. The actor, Hunter Dunbar, feels a bit kind of weirded out by it and is pretty that pissed means, off and is trying yeah. to say, dude, what the hell's your problem? You know, but <laughs> this is where Moose basically starts getting obsessed with it and really just trying to, to be a part of the guy and his life. So, <laughs> I mean, what it is is the whole film is like he's starting from A, and then he's starting to get worse and worse going down to B, C. Like it's 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 supposed to be like ramping up to a darker horror setting, but I, I mean, like he's I'm, getting like violent and shit. It's, that's what they're trying to do, 
but that's not really what happens. It, was there anything good with the movie at all? Anything no. redeeming or no? I, I got. I. I mean, I would only say that Travolta was very committed to his his character. Um, I. You don't hate like his acting. You don't feel out of it seeing Travolta even as a character. At first, you do when you start seeing the film. You're like, what the heck's going on here? And why is he doing this? But you kind of get into it, and you're like, you could see that he's a bit believable as a character. But the film itself is just. The, the plot's very thin. There's somebody who gets killed by accident kind of midway through the film, and that's when, like, the violence starts happening. And he just kind of, like, acknowledges the death, but then carries on and ignores it as if nothing happens and nobody mentions his, the body again. The person died in the garden, never mentioned again. You never see it. Until the very end, there's a twist, which the bill. I'm going to spoil here because I don't think anybody's going to watch. Um so Wait, hold on. Just to let everybody know, if you don't want to listen to it, though, yeah, both, you don't of, these, watch it. both of these movies are streaming on Amazon Prime, <laughs> yes. by the way, too. So so, so the twist is is that so Moose essentially is is in the actor Hunter's uh, home, and yeah. somehow, I don't know from painkillers or something that he's, the guy's taking, he, he was so knocked out that Hunter was able to, or uh, Moose was able to time up to his bed and kind of torture him a little bit. Doesn't kill him or anything, but he's he's torturing him. Like, 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 because he's a big fan of horror films. He pretends like he's Jason and is going to stab him with a knife, but it's a retractable knife. Then he pours gasoline on him, but it's really just water. And so the guy's like freaking out. And Moose is just, you know, making fun of him, saying that you, you're taking things too seriously. And at the end, basically, uh, the actor Hunter convinces Moose to let him go. And Hunter has a shotgun, shoots the guy, shoots Moose's fingers off. Um, <laughs> he escapes. He basically stabs him in the eye, Moose in the eye. But for some reason, doesn't kill him. Um, instead, lets him go. And then the next morning, uh, he meets up. Moose uh, meets with a friend or something. Goes back home and is kind of being taken care of. And the police come to hunter's home sees blood all over him because he had like stabbed a guy in the eye and shot him in the hand yeah and um see him covered in blood the reason the police are there is because the gardener had seen that somebody had died in the garden and thought oh it the body yeah oh uh, i got you and, and they so, think he killed Nabil. him so exactly. is is moose wearing the backpack the entire time he is up until he gets into the house yeah he's pretty much wearing that backpack <laughs> So, wow. So, Nabil, I got it. Okay, so you wouldn't recommend this to anyone, obviously. No, not at all. Okay, I apologize. Um, <laughs> why do you think I chose this movie for you? Uh, I think you chose it because you wanted me to watch a film knowing that I probably wouldn't like, but didn't want to give me something that was too much of a struggle to get through. Yeah, but, pretty much. Yeah. And truthfully, I know you like you have kind of a soft spot for John Travolta a little bit. I so did, I was yeah. like, I, dude, there was an off chance you might have actually enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean... The the, the, pl- the plot is very thin, too, and, you know, the scenes of, especially in the beginning, it starts picking up pace a little bit at the end, but in the beginning, like, it's all kind of drawn to the meetings. I mean, so, guys, basically, I chose movies just to kind of, like, torment you guys a little bit this year. Yeah. Just to be like, hey, I won by two points, so here you I, go. You know, and I thought when I was, I want to say that when I was watching it, I was thinking that it might be something Mar- you or Marco would like because it is a bit of a horror film and, or Hell tries to no. be, but... It's it's really not. It's it's it tries know. to be a little bit of violent. I will say one redeeming quality because it's uh, uh, directed by Fred Durst. There is a segment where they're playing Limp Biscuit song. So you know, <laughs> take that for what you want. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, well, uh, I think we've had enough of the the 
the Oscar bowling movie. So that that ends and wraps up our Oscars 2020 there. Okay, guys. Once again, you guys had to watch some movies. It, you know, not end of the world. So I was I was trying to theme it. I was like, I'm gonna try to find three hour long movies for these guys to watch. Three hour. <laughs> I was trying to find like movies like movies two and a half hours long, and then I was like, oh god, most of these are fucking good though. So. I was like, I want to do a shitty one. So I went with the Razzie stuff. And uh, I think that one had the most, I think, right? Four like, nominations. And I like, I want to just say that the the best nomination that this film has is for a screen combo for uh, Travolta and any screenplay he accepts. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. hilarious. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, damn, man. I mean, he generally seems like a nice guy. and I'm sure he is. He's just, I think he's weird, really, in real life, probably. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's move on now, guys, to our main review of Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. Ow! Let the plate Sonic! Let the bitches mount also Sonic! Ugh, I can't with that guy. Uh-oh. Uh... Why are you hiding out in my garage? They're coming for me! If they steal my power, they could conquer the universe. You have to help me. No, I don't. Please, it's life or death. Good morning, my rural chum. Mr. Dr. Robotnik. All right, guys, so Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, let me read a little description here. Staying in my lane, best friend named Tails. Balance running on rails, I can never fail. So I run. Keep me up, creep on me. They speak. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the Wiz Khalifa song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, what the fuck am I reading? Sorry. Uh, after discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, a small town police officer must help it defeat an evil genius who wants to do experiments on it. This is directed by Jeff Fowler. It's actually technically his first movie. Uh, stars Ben Schwartz as Sonic the Hedgehog, James Marsden as Tom Wachowski, Jim Carrey as Dr. Ivo Robotnik, uh, Tika Sumter as Maddie Wachowski, Lee Majdob as Agent Stone, and Adam Pally as Billy Rob. Uh, before we start, guys, I want to ask, do you guys have any history with Sonic the Hedgehog, the video games? Uh, starting with Nabil? Yeah, I had a Sega Genesis. I've played all the Genesis Sonic games from 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles, Pinball, 3D Blast, like all those... Uh, Genesis era game, so definitely have a history with that. V nice. Uh, what about you, Mark? Oh, oh wait, before we do that, did you like Sonic then? Obviously, the games. Yeah, I yeah, the character yeah, was great. I mean. yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite games, honestly, is Sonic Three. Um, Solid game. Genesis, so yeah, Solid game. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, yeah, same. I uh, I mean, I didn't own a Genesis, but I knew friends that did, and we played Sonic the Hedgehog a lot, and. Same, I played 1 through 3, um, Sonic Knuckles. I want to say all the way up until Sega Saturn is probably. Well, they when only I had stopped. Sonic R Racing on Saturn, yeah. I believe, right? Yeah, they had the Dreamcast yeah. games, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, and the Sega CD ones, too. Mm-hmm. But yes. yeah, uh, in fact, really uh, Green, Green Hill Zone is um, their ringtone for my phone, actually. Oh, oh fun that's fact. Cool. Nice, yeah. did not know that. I never really got into the whole Mario Sonic warfare type thing, like one versus the other. I was like, I like them both. Equally. Yeah. So. What well, we I don't to? think that's true. I think Mario is way better overall. I mean, uh, I I love Mario better, yeah. of course, but I mean, I you know, I, I didn't I throw think, shade I, at yeah, either. Yeah, I, I wasn't old enough to get really get into like uh, this 
Sega Super Nintendo Genesis Wars back then. Yeah. I, I didn't have a Genesis. I had a Super Nintendo, so I didn't really get into Sonic till later on in life. I, I mean, I played it at people's houses and stuff like that because I didn't have a Genesis either. Yeah. So, like, I played Sonic 1 and 2 and 3 probably. But Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, like, I had friends that had both <laughs> systems. So, I mean, I'd go to their house to play the other Yeah, stuff. I mean, the first one I ever played was Sonic 2 on Game Gear, actually. So, it was kind of the watery oh, yeah, version the of that one. Lighting. Yeah. yeah, so you know what I'm talking <laughs> about. So And solid game, by the way. One yeah, of the to- uh, top sellers, too. And then I really got into Sonic back when uh, Sonic Adventures came out for the Dreamcast yeah, 1 and 2. I got into those. I played Shadow the Hedgehog. Uh, it was really the early 2000s I got into a lot of that stuff. And then, I I mean, the l- later games are not that good, by the way. Sonic Mania is good, though. That new Sonic, Sonic Mania is good. And I think Sonic Generations was a really solid game, too, which yeah. is uh, kind of a culmination of the 3D games and the 2D games. But there was a lot of duds throughout there, which I think is kind of a afterthought, I guess, now. Because it is, I mean, who cares, really? But a lot of Sonic games are made for kids, and I think... The early ones are really good, and at this point, like I said, I actually own all of them now, too, so I went back, and I have them all on Genesis, Second CD, all that stuff. Nice. I'm going to start with Marco on this one, and then I'll go to Nabil and me. Uh, so what did you think about Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie? It was a yay, surprisingly nice. enough. This is another splendid surprise for me because I wasn't that excited for it. As you know, video game movies are hit or miss, and despite the fact that... Especially video game movies. Yeah, right? despite the fact that Detective... Pikachu was great and I loved it and made my top 10 list for 2019. It's still hard to replicate that success. Yeah. No, and definitely. this is another one of those stories where, you know, I'm going to keep repeating it, but the trailer and the marketing didn't really do it that much justice. The whole thing with the original design being completely atrocious was teeth. Teeth. Yeah. The whole design, it was just like mm. a little, uh, <laughs> Uncanny Valley there with the realism they want to add to like his features and everything. I was like, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, so so then when when they went ahead and, and and did the changes and the redesign, I was still a little on the fence. I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it. And then from what I saw of the trailer, Jim Carrey's performance wasn't really selling me on it either. But yeah. upon watching the movie, I was surprised. I obviously I went in with really low expectations. Wasn't that excited about it. I was almost regretting that we didn't choose Birds of Prey over this one, but I'm I'm actually glad that we did this because there need there need to be more success stories with video game movies, and I think that's why we need for the most part we chose it too. Yeah, we we need to keep that up and that momentum going. And obviously, we were some of the ones that were talking trash about the design. And we I mean, were. I didn't yeah. really post anything or a petition for the change to be made. But if you are one of those people. Go see this freaking movie, because otherwise, what the fuck is the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the story is very basic and simple. They made a lot of homages to the video games. I think all the Easter eggs were great and pleasantly placed. So, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Sonic, go see the movie. I highly recommend it. If not, if this is your first time being introduced to the character, I think it's still something that uh, casual fans or non-fans will still enjoy. So yeah, I liked it. Cool. Uh, what about you, Nabil? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was the plot was a little, I mean, lacking. It's a, it's a road trip film basically, and it's a they, which in all contexts doesn't make any sense. But yeah, but, exactly. No. And that's what I was saying. Like it's they came up with a creative reason why he couldn't do it, and then suddenly you know, he, I mean, because apparently he's not good at directions, Nabil. Okay. Yeah. On, I mean, he yeah. can he can read his uh, special ring map, but he can't read. Uh, <laughs> 
This motherfucker went to the Pacific Ocean in less than three seconds, yet didn't understand where San Francisco is. I'm sure there would have been a sign somewhere. Stick to the coast, bro. That's all you got to do. He's going too fast, Nabil. Sorry, we cut you off. Gotta go fast. (laughs) Gotta go fast, bro. But it was it was enjoyable. I liked the film. It was funny. The Sonic uh, character, uh, who was it? Ben Schwartz played him. Yeah. And um, I thought he did a really good voice. You could tell they punched up some of the jokes somewhere, and some not everything landed. But it was it was entertaining. There were, I. Jim Carrey was great, and I really did like him, and I'm very happy to see him kind of go back to some of his older comedies uh, roles. It was very well done. But I'd have to say the surprise stand-up for me is James Marsden, playing next to, like, uh, you know, probably a tennis ball or something. He didn't even really have anybody to talk to. And he seemed so fluid with it, you know. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, how they did the the behind-the-scenes of this, too, by the way. Yeah. Because I I really liked how his... You, You see a lot of films where they have like a 3D character and how they're talking to them. And sometimes you can be like, oh, it's not really landing well. But I think James Marsden did a really good job with his character. I liked his character, honestly, throughout the whole film and um, kind of believed in general his reasons, even though it was kind of ridiculous, the whole situation of why he was helping the little guy. And um, at the same time, you know, they had some good banter between each other. And, you know, his motivations against... Uh, Dr. Robotnik as well seemed kind of valid because he didn't really trust the guy. So I, I did like that. I really like James Marsden a lot in this film. So, But overall, I thought it was a great video game film. I'd still say Detective Pikachu was better overall, mostly because of the plot. But I agree. This was, this was one of the better films, and there aren't a lot of them out there that is based on video game for sure. So, What about you, James? Uh, yeah, so I agree with you guys. And I apologize for my coughing, guys. I still can't get rid of this cough, so I sound like a smoker. No, it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I was very surprised I liked this movie, guys, because I was talking super shit on uh, Nabil's segment of the upcoming movies. Remember that? Yeah. I was like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> and then I was like, my God, they kind of did it. Like, don't get me wrong. I got some issues with it. Sonic looks like shit at times, man. The CG yeah. looks good sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, if you've seen any of the last three X-Men films and seen a Quicksilver scene, that's pretty much Sonic. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It worked. I it's like not, it's not a perfect film by far, but for no. for what they did with what they had, I think it works. And yeah, I think it's, it works. It's entertaining. At the very least, it's entertaining. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I really like Jim Carrey being really silly as Robotnik. Like, he's so over the top. Dude, right? And, and it, it actually works. It works, man. It's really funny. Him and Agent Stone, like, when he chops him real quick in the neck. Yeah, he's point. very funny. <laughs> Dude, I was dying. I was like, what the hell? It's so random. I, I will give the marketing this. They did a good job at not showing, like, the really funny scenes with him. Yes. No, yeah, especially, yeah. Like, the what they show in the trailer does not do is uh, Dr. Robotnik. No, not at all. And I, and I liked it because he does a... A lot of his performances is like homages to the actual character of Robotnik and Eggman. Yeah. Um, just because like some of his dialogue in that is absolutely terrible. That's he, why too. He did a lot of uh, <clears throat> ad libbing too. They they it's like they gave him the script and they said just just do They're like just be the is. funny guy you are yeah. that you used to be back and in then, the '90s. He's like I can probably <laughs> do that. Um. Yeah, James Marsden was okay. I don't. I I still like. I tell Mark this is discount Chris Pratt, bro. So I mean, because <laughs> yeah. Chris Pratt was originally supposed to be in this movie. Was like, he? Was, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. he was like the guy. He was signed up, and then he backed out of it. So, uh, it was Chris Pratt and Chris Evans both had like a almost. We're gonna Chris be Evans? in this movie. Yeah, look yeah, it up. They had, they had quite a quite a yeah. list of people that they wanted. Yeah, James Martin was not the first choice. I think no. James Martin was a good pick for this. I think everybody else would have been a little too big for this role. I almost feel like they should have. I mean, I guess. I don't know. It worked. I mean, I don't particularly think James Mars is the greatest actor, but he kind of always he always gets a short end of the stick in every movie I he see does. him in. So, 
whether it's being Cyclops or the guy that doesn't get picked in the notebook. So, I mean, for the most part, too, I like the action sequences. Like, I know we see a lot of them in the trailers, but there are a lot of cool little moments when Sonic's... Yeah, I mean, they really do a good job of showing his speed. Which is cool. Yeah, they do. Because, I mean, that's the whole issue I thought would be the hardest thing to show in this kind of movie. So, if, oh, yeah, like his speed and how they're going to show it. But, like I said, they kind of quicksilvered the whole thing, which is, you know, it works. So, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. And... Uh, his origin story is a little weird, I got to say. Yeah, they don't really they don't really flesh that out at all, to be honest. So he gets raised by an owl, and it's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, oh. yeah. which I mean, they, which there is, were some owls in some of the games, but it wasn't that specific. Not like that, that though. No, not like that. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He's like, don't worry. And then he got killed. I was like, yeah. oh shit. Spoiler, actually, guys. His Sorry power isn't even really explained. He just has his power. I thought he was gonna. Uh, we'll get to that spoiler section in a sec. I will agree. Yeah, they don't quite tell you why he has the powers and why he's so quote-unquote special because guys they gotta leave room something for the sequels that's true (laughs) that is true but i liked uh i liked it for the most part like i said though the the plot is a little it's pretty it's pretty pretty you you do have to suspend some disbelief for for a moment yeah that's what i mean i mean i don't mean it's slow i mean it's like a because like we were you were saying they did a great job just run to the damn thing yeah they do a great job at showing like how fast sonic is and stuff and it's a little hard to believe that, but he just wants to make a real friend. There's no, yeah, yeah he's lonely. I, I yeah. guess that's the real excuse why he tagged along. Because I mean, I was like, he has a bunch with or without a map, he could have found San Francisco in like thirty minutes or less. I wish I had explained a couple of things though. Like, why does he wear gloves? Right? Still they thinking about they that. They don't explain that. Yeah, I mentioned a lot of random them. stuff to Marco during the movie. I'm like, he's wearing gloves, Marco. Even yeah. as a baby, he has gloves on. He, he said it like so six did he times. Grow, yeah, seven or eight times. And like, it would it'd be during like a scene, and I just look I got at Marco. A, I got a text message in the middle of the movie, and I read it. It was from James. It says gloves. <laughs> he's wearing like, gloves oh, okay, with okay. the eye, eye emoji. Yeah. Also, um, he's wearing girl shoes, apparently. So, yeah. No, they're hey, they're unisexual shoes, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. On, uh, you know what? My bad. I assigned a gender to that. I didn't ask for permission either. Apologies, <laughs> uh, listeners. My but bad. What happened again? I actually uh, read up that they were actually based off a, I believe, a Puma design, I think, or something. I sense. think they originally had a sponsored one, and then yeah. they didn't, or something like that. The too. original ones were Nikes, I think. I don't Something like that. He got big-ass feet, so I don't yeah. know, dude. But uh, they were based off a real design, so. Yeah, yeah. so. We'll never know. Just like the Michael Jackson doing the songs for Sonic 3. So, All right, guys. Let's jump into the spoiler section here because I do want to talk about uh, kind of those aforementioned uh, powers and the ending here. So if you don't want to listen to the rest, there's not too much of a spoiler on this, obviously. It's a pretty predictable film, but yeah. uh, just skip it and go to our outro. Where we're... Oh, no. Actually, we have a segment right after this. Sorry. I keep forgetting. Just skip to the next segment. Just look at the time. Look to our challenge mode. Sorry. We forgot. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't print out the right printout, so it ain't looking too good on my end. So, okay. Three, two, not 11, nickels, be fast. He was talking down, I level up on this. So, guys, spoilers here. Real quick, um, so, Nabil, I do want to talk about the powers. They don't really explain, because Sonic has some really cool electrical powers, which I think is kind of a play on his burst speed, I guess, or something like that, yeah. right? Well, so I thought they were going to show... So, first of all, the super, spin I thought they were going to super Sonic. Yeah, I way. thought, especially at the end, I thought that that was, was going to happen, and suddenly he's... Same here. I was like, like, dude, he's about to turn golden. Yeah. I was like, never mind. Nope, I guess not. Good. He needs the Chaos Emeralds for that, right? Yeah, basically. I think that's what they'll end up doing. But I do think that the one of the moves which that he learned they was They were hinted dash. at, too. 
the Chaos Emeralds. They were hinted at on his map. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were. Uh, yes, yeah, they were. Uh, he does do a spin dash. I yeah. noticed that. Yeah. Which I think is what his superpower ended up discovering is that oh, if I just roll into a ball, I can hit things. Um, I'm like, that's his common fucking attack. Though. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but I mean, I, I kind of did like that. It's kind of like the evolution of his powers. Like, right. it's not just that. I mean, because he at, at the end of the day, he sort of had to have some sort of an arc. Oh yeah. At yeah. the end, he's where he's, like, oh, to, he's I, never been trained to fight or anything. Yeah, because he like right. the whole movie. He's like, I don't. I have these powers. I don't know what they are. Or, you know what I can use them for. And at the end, he's like, oh, I could do this. Like Nabil's saying. Yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna steal hella shit and make up my own little cave. Uh, fun. I, I actually like this. Isn't really a fun fact. I don't know why I was gonna say that, but I'm glad that uh, Mars didn't actually survive to the end of the movie. I know. I was right? like, is he gonna live? Oh, he's dead. Because he dies he's in like every Sean fucking Bean. movie he's in. Guys, he doesn't die in the Notebook. God damn it! Come on. <laughs> I mean, he basically Come dies, on. right? I mean, yeah. from, a bro- from a broken heart. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely gets the short end of that stick. He's like, oh, good ass, uh, good looking ass. Ryan Gosling came back. Okay, I guess, I guess that's on me then. Um. <laughs> So, I mean, overall, with the ending, though, did you guys like how it concluded with, like, Robotnik being banished to the Mushroom World and I thought it was interesting stuff? what they did. I mean, if so, first of all, boss battle, floating in the air, hit him yeah, with a spin dash. Yeah, So that, that was, was cool, right? Cool. Yeah. yeah. It was an Easter cool. egg for that. Uh, I do think that it's weird that this whole town watched this happen and then um, everything was fine because the guy was, like, a wanted criminal, James Washington's character, um, from the feds. Hey, but that was their sheriff, sir. Yeah, that so was. Their I guess sheriff. just watch under the rug because he was a branded a terrorist. But nah, I do. But then I think I think they knew like deep down that mm. the whole point was like Green Hills is his home and like the people trust him. So I yeah. think that's kind of like what they're getting at, right? I suppose so. Yeah, but they, they they kind of swept that under the rug. Yeah, like, just, exactly. They kind of just push it under the rug. Really. It was terrorist of the small T, not a big T. Sorry. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> he just was defending that blue devil. That's all you were doing. He's fine. Right, basically. But it was, I mean, it, it left it open for a sequel. It's kind of cool that they did that. And you got to see mm-hmm. the, the typical, you know, portrayal of Eggman and, and what he looked like. So this blowing out mustache. Yeah. I, was I was like, like okay, God. I could work with this. So I didn't think it was too... Kind of cool yeah. as well, too, just to, like to bring it up. Tail shows up in the mid credit scene. Yeah. That was... that was. And I like that. I thought that was a pretty cool Easter egg. I was like... Okay. I knew it was either going to be Tails or Knuckles or something. It's like right. someone's going to be hunting him down. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. But yeah, um, I liked the ending, too. I thought that it was... It was perfect for the first movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like... They uh, clarified Dr. Robotnik's name, at least for this one, because I know in, in Japan, he's known as Eggman and in the American version they changed it to Robotnik and I like how they merged the two Sonic does call him Eggman in this film a couple times though yeah I like that yeah Um, they did it they changed it in um, Sonic Adventures when they started calling him Eggman yeah Yeah. so the I wish they would have incorporated the spin dash sound effect a little more I think they only used it like once or twice but it would have been nice if they used it like for the finale and I was like oh come on guys but but, just a small little nitpick Uh, aside from that I'm um Glad that they did kind of clue in which what the new character is going to be for the next movie. Yeah, or like it hints at him returning to where he came from, and yeah, because I think like I was telling you, I think the people that are hunting him in the beginning are either like the Knuckles, the Cheetahs, or uh, like Amy's people or something. I think they right. were. So without getting to too geeky territory, I guess. But so I mean, yeah, I like the ending too. It worked out. I mean, it's a happy ending. And like, oh, Sonic has to live in their attic and shit. And yeah, it was kind of weird. Sweet. I kind of like that to be honest. That they gave him. A little attic. Of yeah, time. you gotta remember, Sonic's only like ten or eleven years old. Yeah, by he's the way. supposed to be really young. Yeah. He's like really young. It's only ten years after the fact, so mm-hmm. yeah. he's still he's just a kid technically. So he just maybe wants a family. He, he just wants. Yeah, he's got his like uh, uh, like he's got in, his bucket uh, list, man. Yeah, he even quotes uh, Fast and Furious. You know, he actually family. does quote it. 
He oh, quotes Vin Diesel again. at one point, right? So, uh, what would you guys want to see in a sequel? Since I, I mean, this movie did hit number one, uh, fifty-seven million. So, over the weekend, so I'm probably gonna get a sequel, especially with the hints there too. Um, I, th- I I'd like them to kind of go the Freedom Fighter route. Have you ever watched that Sonic Adventure show? He's kind of trying to save all these animals that are getting trapped by Robotnik, and he's basically fighting a war with Robotnik. I was like, Nabil, that's the plot of all the Sonic games. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. And so I kind of want them to lean a little bit into that just to give him more purpose, because he's still, even though like this film was about him fighting family, kind of edging his arc up a little bit and saying, well, now he has a goal and why he's doing this and why he's staying here, you know, um, helping in a, other animals. And so maybe with tails or miles showing up that uh, maybe that'll be the reason why uh, but that comedy really needs to stay because i i was surprised at how funny a lot of the things were like it wasn't hilarious but i chuckled quite a bit in some scenes it was like okay i could i could watch this and enjoy it and get some laughs out of for both from of course jim carrey and then just some of the the lines that are coming from sonic and ben Shapiro, if anything if anything i i hope that they keep jim carrey and he comes back for a sequel yeah you know? i do too like, cause that, that's a pretty big factor, I think. Like, I wouldn't want to see them like recast that or make him not the main bad guy. Like, right. He should always be the bad guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, I agree with the bill. They they should do a plot where Sonic has to free animals that you know Robotnik is trapping. But I also want to see more of the worlds explored in the rings. Like, they should go that route, kind of like, uh, and it would give it more kind of the video game feel to it, where you're going from one world to the next. Even if they extend it across, like you know, two sequels, it'd be nice for them to go away from Earth and kind of see these other worlds. That would kind of keep it fresh, too. I don't know, like, maybe Robotnik taunts him and says, you know, look what I've done to this world. Come at me, Sonic, or whatever, like he does in the games. I do agree that they do need to keep the comedy in it. I thought that it kept the movie, like, nice and fresh, Um, as well as the action, too, because it's very action-heavy, too, just like a game. So I think that they should keep that up, too. If anything, maybe more action. So yeah, act, yeah, exactly. A little more. Uh, will they do Doctor Robotnik's classic look from the game and kind of you know make him a little more rounder in the next one? I don't know, but I think they, they kind of hinted at it already a little bit. But yeah, that'd be cool. What about you, James? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. Uh, I I hope they can improve the CG a bit, especially now that they have the look of Sonic. Like, let's just get it a little less cartoony. Yeah, that's all I ask. Because I mean, some of it was kind of rough. Uh, comedy's cool. I would like to see, I mean, this is my prediction, it'd probably be, I'd assume that Robotnik runs into Knuckles somewhere and he brings Knuckles back with him, and like, he he uses Knuckles against Sonic or something, you know? And that yeah, would be the plot, probably. And the Chaos Emeralds or some bullshit. Weren't in. his people in the games trying to harness Sonic's power or something like that? No, like, they're just the defenders of the Chaos Emerald, yeah. and they think that Sonic takes it and... Robotnik frames him, so that's the only reason they even fight. And then he yeah. realizes, like, hey, wait, Rashi, like that. wait you're, you're trying to help out. And he's like, I know, man. And like, okay, this is weird. Yeah, that'd be so. cool. But that'd be kind of cool, though. <laughs> that's how it plays out. That's that's how it plays out, exactly. It would be cool. Some more Sonic characters now that we've got the one down. Tails obviously being the second one. He already looked good, too, in the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he looks, character he looks better than Sonic, bro. I feel like they updated his character, though, as well. I think so, so. too. Dude, I bet he looks more like a fox in the yeah, first, like, sure. drafted this thing. <laughs> Probably. He looked hella weird. I'm Tails. I'm, I'm curious. It looks like that uh, that fox meme with that really, like, yeah. fox that's no, just looking back about. at you. Hmm? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, overall, I highly recommend it. It's a good family film, I'd say. Kids, it's it's aimed for kids, but, you know, we're all in our 30s, and, you know, we liked it, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of the game, or if you ever played any games, go see it, or if you have, like, 
youngsters in the family take them to go see it they'll enjoy it yeah it's only pg i don't think it's anything too crazy too now actually let's move on to our i guess a challenge i guess we don't really have a segment name for this one so we're just going to move on to a little final thing here before we get to our outro we're going to try something new here guys so here are the movie pals we we used to do things where we talked about sometimes video games or something maybe that we we're reading back in the day and as something as maybe like a like something getting ready for springtime i guess we're gonna do something that's gonna open up our minds a little bit here and kind of incorporate something each week for the next three pods we're gonna have something at the end where we announce either a book a TV series or a video game and by the next pod we have to have that completed and we'll report back to you guys and talk about our experiences doing it it's just something kind of just to it's almost to force us to do something different other than just watch movies and maybe take a little bit of time out of our day to take an hour a day or something just to do something else I think it's kind of refreshing yeah gives us something new to do and that way you guys will get to see what other interests and likes we have and we'll hopefully get you guys in on some of these challenges as well maybe you guys might have a recommendation for us to challenge us who knows and uh like you know it's a brand new segment so we'll probably tweak it here and there and kind of refine it over the the next few episodes and we hope that you guys enjoy it definitely so without further ado i already actually did a random generator on this one too just to kind of like uh break it down for us on what we would do here first so our first challenge for by so by the next podcast we have to talk about it is uh, we are going to do a book series. Not a book series, just a book. So we have to read a book by the end of the next pod. Well, by the start of the next pod, actually, to tell you yes. the truth, because we have to talk about it. And I think our, our general consensus was it needs to be at least 300 pages no, or so. No, we're actually going to read it during the pod. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> read it so. to everybody. So. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys already choose a book? I told you guys ahead of time, too. It could also be an audible book, too, or an audio book. Since we live in 2020 at this point, I know it's kind of harder to read. And I know this is one of those things that's probably a little bit harder for us to get to eventually. But did you guys have... I mean, you don't have to announce it if you don't have it picked out yet. But, but did you pick anything out yet? I do actually have a book in mind that I've been wanting to read. So I guess, I mean, I can announce it. Yeah, what is that, it? Uh, it's going to be Origin by Dan Brown. Oh, wow. You chose a very long book, bro. Yeah, it's it's a book I've been wanting to read. <laughs> and I'm a very big Dan Brown fan. And I had that's to see that he came out. That's the fourth one in the uh, Robert Langdon series? Correct. Right? Yep. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I mean, you don't have to pick that big of a book, by the way. <laughs> I understand. Just to let you know, like, you could literally not choose that. That is that is all you. So, okay. What about you? Thrawn Alliances. It's the second book in the Thrawn series. Oh, nice. I think you'll enjoy that one, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, I read the first one. Yeah. I, I bought all three in the trilogy. There's already, even a, I believe, a so. new trilogy coming out, too. Because I so. had the other one pre-ordered, so... Yeah. Figured, hey, might as well do it. And a, a friend of mine, uh, actually Sonny, who was a guest on the pod, we were talking about the series, um, and I said I was going to go ahead and finish it. So here I am, going to go ahead and do that. Very nice, man. I'm going to read. I got a couple of things I could do. Uh, I do have a bunch of Star Wars books, too, that I have on my Audible account that have just been sitting there for fucking years at this point. But I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm going to do the uh, book Armada by Ernest Cline, who also did... Um, ready player one so i think very cool with how with how well i liked that book last time i think uh i mean and i i read i read that or listened to that one in like two days which is insane so this is his book that he made afterwards so i'm hoping it's good and it's will wheaton again uh narrating in an audible so and i like that guy so okay so we will let you guys know how it goes 
Hopefully we don't all die. I think this is cool because at least we can, you know, <laughs> at least we can take like an hour that's, a day. That's to That's exactly like, what I was you know? thinking too because I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> no, it's cool because then uh, the next one after that, uh, what was the next one, guys? You guys have the list, right? It's a video, so I didn't want to go through the whole thing, but I guess I will. Uh, was it a video game? Let me see here. Uh, it's a TV show. So yeah, the next TV. one after that will be a TV show, and that involves us doing starting a brand new series, not like the second season. It's gonna be the first season of something, and it has to have at least ten episodes. So there's plenty of options. I mean, yeah. we could see it could be eight maybe. I mean, I already, I already know what I'm gonna what I want to start off of that. I think I'm gonna do the boys probably, but uh, we'll see. Um, Fuck, it's between that or Titans for me. Cause, oh, wow. Yeah. Good yeah, good one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that would be the one. And the final one will be a video game, which is a video game 10 hours or less. So, it doesn't kill you. So, if you want to play a two-hour game, as long as it has some kind of a story to it, that's really what the whole point is. Right. Not like a fucking... The Bill's like, I played... Uh, I don't know. Fucking... So I, I had a good one for Bill, but like, it, it requires more like two-player. Uh, like It's a more like a two-player one. It's the one that you and I did, James. Where your two guys escaping from jail and stuff. Oh, that's a good one, though. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. I forgot uh, the name of it. The Way Out. The Way Out. There we go. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a nice short game, but yeah. I mean, it's better with And that's players. only like a four-hour long game, too. Yeah. So that's what I'm kind of aiming for, like that. Yeah. or I mean, a Call of Duty campaign, six hours long or some shit. I know. It's up to you guys. So anyways, guys, that's something new. We just kind of wanted to do it just to kind of keep us up with the multimedia, too. And it, I think book-wise, too, we never really talked about books, so it'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. So with that, though, guys, that is the end of podcast number 67. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the feedback and responsive reviews here. We do appreciate it. Uh, Marco, let us know how they can uh, let the listeners know how they can reach us on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or Spotify, hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you for giving us a shot, and we hope you guys stick around. So, guys, stay tuned for next time. Uh, We're not quite sure what we're going to do yet. It's probably going to be The Invisible Man, tell you the truth. That's going to be Podcast 68, and also we will have our reviews of the books and uh, probably a topic of the week, unless that is a topic of the week. We'll figure it out, and also we'll have a return of what's coming up, too. So, seems like a lot of you guys like that segment, so stay tuned until then. This is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a good one.